Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And Pete, I'm in a new vamped up podcast studio. I feel like that guy in whatever sci-fi movie, insert sci-fi movie here, where he's sitting at the analog <coughs> controls to like a spaceship because a little bit of an insight for people behind the scenes. All of the stuff that we used to play audio-wise used to be post-production. So now it's during the show. And what does that mean, Pete? We're going to make loads of mistakes how are you buddy (laughs) i'm good steve i'm very good it was a sunday fun day to be a packers fan and um no i'm really good yeah it was great and new studio we're riding high in the charts let's say um with this um well i guess with the podcast but also more so with the with the record against the dallas cowboys but can i just tackle a trope if i can um for people that are sort of in hindsight, looking back and saying, oh yeah, look at all the people who said we're going to lose it in your face. I thought we were going to lose it 100%. I mean, look, I ha- it was one of those games. So don't get me wrong, right? I-, I guess I won't go that far. But Pete, we should have lost this goddamn game. Should we not? And the bookie said we were going to lose. Every analyst said we were going to lose. Um, so it was stacked up against us and we needed to do something spectacular. And the stats are so weird that we did it. But it wasn't supposed to be, let's say. It wasn't obvious. Yeah, I seem to remember that I was probably the only one that predicted that the Packers would win this game. Did um, you? If you quickly re-record our quick snaps from last, <laughs> from last week. Well, I'm in the spaceship, in fact, what no, you can I, do whatever I don't like. think actually I could find a... Uh, you're right, I don't think I could find a single person that predicted the Packers would win, would win this game. And if you were just to look at the pure stats, as you said, it, it it's... Um, it's a game that, from a stats point of view, went completely against the Packers. But on on the field, it went the Packers' way for best part of three quarters, I would say, three and a bit quarters. Yeah, it was kind of like, and dare I mention it, I'm gonna have some sort of like demonic music on a sting that comes in at a later date when I mention the dreaded NFC Championship game. It's gonna be something like dun dun dun. Um, but in that game, I mean, that was stacked up against us. We were supposed to lose that game. We had every fate going into it. I guess that we could try get a a result. Uh, we went to a, a really big early lead. Um, and then it all kind of came crashing down. We were 31-3 up in this game. But the thing is, Pete, you can't, we can't get away from the fact that Ezekiel Elliott is he, deadly running back. And, you know, he's he leads the stats. That's why he got a big pile of money. Um, their defense is great. Dak Prescott looked like, you know, he was going to earn his contract at the start of the season. Now, it's like anything else. Remember, was it two seasons ago, maybe, uh, when our run defense was ridiculous? Maybe it's longer. And I've got just some sort of uh, memory loss because I do that sometimes and I'm like, oh, I remember this year and it's actually seven years ago um, because I still think I'm 16 um, and we were good at run stuff and then we realized, oh yeah, we're coming up against, you know, running backs who are not hitting their prime or whatever. So, you know, maybe that's the case with the Cowboys and I know that you do some sort of in-depth stuff which are looking behind the scenes power rankings. So maybe this Cowboys team, Pete, isn't as prolific and all of that type of stuff. But at the same token, I don't want to take out and away from the Packers in this game. I thought it was game planned a bit. I thought Aaron Jones was an absolute phenom. I think Lucas Patrick, despite snapping the ball to Aaron Jones from time to time, uh, did okay. And everything held up in this game just right. And it's what's shocking to me is, is when you look at 
the 12 receiver targets, the fact that Alan Lazard was on for on for one snap, um, Darius Shepard on for four snaps. And I know you're a fan of the snaps, not only the quick snaps. You doing it, Pete? <laughs> I'm doing it. Um, me and Pete do it together. So it's just, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a quirky game. And the real question is, Pete, Petey Pete, is this game won because Aaron Jones just had a ridiculous game and the defense got turnovers? Um, and it was, wasn't designed this way? Or do you think we're seeing now Matt LaFleur's clever offensive scheming and, of course, a dynamite defense, but good offense where if you don't have your top wide receiver, you do what you can to win the game? What are we seeing? I, 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 think, the off, I think the offense played very well. Mm. Uh, I think that's two, two weeks on the trot that, that the offense has played, played very well. This week was far more balanced, obviously, than than the previous week, where where Rogers threw for four hundred plus yards. But but uh, it was it was a clever clever game plan offensively, and um, you know no no really big plays. You know a number of what you might call explosive plays, ten, eleven yard, twelve yard, twelve yard runs from Aaron Jones, who was exceptional. But no big plays, no plays over 24, 25 yards, none of that stuff. And clearly, the three turnovers on on defense, which could easily have been four or four or five without the the penalties, um, made the difference in the game. And I think, like most NFL games, turno- turnovers are key, especially early turnovers. Yeah, uh, we really rocked them. I mean, you know, we really got to Dak Prescott. We had motivation, and we're going to get to that a little bit later in the show. Uh, but we had motivation. But, you know, looking at the, the amount of injuries that we had um, and everything else, and the fact that I love that Aaron Jones' family was up in the stadium. Um, the fact that he's waving to Byron Jones as he makes it across the plane um, and yeah, stuff like that. that. It's, a, it's, a bit of, it's a bit of sass there. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't is like that. you don't like it? Not not a fan. Um, I, I I guess I I guess I'm I, I'm an old school football guy or just old maybe. <laughs> um, oh I, oh I have a drop that, for that. That kind of stuff just I'd hate it for another team to be doing it to us. Mm. And so I, I, yeah, it's not it's it's not my thing. Well, Pete, the thing is, <laughs> I've got this whole brand new revamp set up. Okay, I mean, it's technologically just ridiculous. And I've spent a very large part of my day going back through the old stings that we used to play um, in the podcast, all thrown in post-prod. But now I can do it live. So, Pete, if we could just back up a little bit there, buddy. You don't like the celebration. Is it because you're of an advanced age that it doesn't take it's, your fancy? It's, it's, it's either because I just like old school football or it's because... I'm just old, Steve. You see, the thing is, we had this drop. Ryan was never a fan. He used to give out to me. It's the old fart. You think God never farted? Anytime you allude to your age, Pete, you're getting a fart in the face. I mean, that's just how it's going to work. That's how it's going to work. Has the podcast instantly degraded because now I have a better setup? Yes. Um, Did I waste an awful lot of my time uh, finding that drop because I remembered it late? You're damn right I did. Um... And I've got more. I've got more where that came from. Well, I think any t- any time you can bring some great insight from Brett Favre 
<laughs> only adds to the show, Steve. Yeah, I mean, they say not to talk about religion, but sometimes these issues have to be discussed. <laughs> um, so yeah, he raises a, a, a valid point. But anyway, um, off the, you see, I said scatological once on the podcast, and that was actually one of the best reactions ever I got to a podcast, was people uh, drilling me online over the fact that I didn't say scatty, and I said scatological. So now, in your face. Um, so yeah, look, it's one of those games that... I feel that this is the measure of a good team. Like, all of the talk that we hear about Tom Brady and him getting it done with sort of, you know, second-rate, third-rate wide receivers, the fact that he's a system quarterback, that Bill Belichick takes your number one weapon away, I think good teams find a way to get it done. And this team found a way to get it done without Devontae Adams. Now, let's talk about wide receivers if we can, because there's been a lot of stuff that I've seen whizzing around online about us trading for a wide receiver. And I want to know what you think about it. Do we trade for a wide receiver, Pete? Um, I, th- I think I think in an ideal world, you trade for a, for a, for a wide receiver. But these things are never an, an ideal world situation. Yeah, you'd love to match Devontae Adams with a, a another. But um, I, think, I think they're in a situation where, are you going to have to give up a lot to get one? Else, you know... <laughs> else you're probably going to get one that's no better than what you've already got. Mm. And, and B, I don't think you could fit a guy under the cap anyway yeah. without doing, without doing a lot of jiggery poker. And I, I, I think they move, they move forward as, as it is. Yeah. I think that's what they do. Like you say, there's a massive distinction between what we could do, what we should do, what in an ideal situation we do and what we actually do. I don't think we do anything. And the thing is, there's an awful lot of hot takes out there. There's an awful lot of people who uh, blissfully ignore the fact that we have a salary cap and just think that we can go out and get stuff. If someone, if I had a Ferrari, right, which I don't, unfortunately, not yet, and someone was to say to me, would you like another Ferrari? I would say yes. Now, the thing is, do I have the bank balance to get it? If you were to just hand me one, absolutely, I'll take it. There's an awful lot of credence put into the fact of you load up on weapons now and you sort of worry about the future further down the line. Um, Maybe there's some credence in that. But if you look at the snap count in this game, you know, MVS is out there for 95% of the snaps, which is 70 out of a total of 74 um, Geronimo Allison is out there for 86% of the snaps. Jay Coomer is out there for 68 But then, you know, you look at the likes of Darius Shepard out there for four. Alan Lazard out there for one. Um, this really did seem like a game, like Mercedes Lewis was only out there for 34, which is under half the, the amount of snaps. Robert Tonyan, who uh, people will remember that dynamite catch on the sideline that Aaron Rodgers made happen, and he made happen with the toe drag swag. Uh, he was out there for seven snaps. It really seemed like for once as well actually well not for once maybe that's unfair but that we went with the run game it was working and we just kept flogging that horse you know what i mean we just kept going to it because it's what worked and on on that token we haven't really seen much from darius shepherd jay kumaro alan lazard and mvs to a large degree even in this game now people will say he went missing i don't know if he went missing or just wasn't used because of the game plan but we haven't seen what we really have now I know people are screaming and saying that that's not good enough, Pete. But uh, well, I'm, I th- I don't think you can take one game one game in isolation. It's a game the Packers won. Don't forget. Yeah. So, so you know whether they threw four times to the wide receivers or thirty four times, surely it's 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 the big picture, the outcome of the game that 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 counts. You know, if that's what the game plan was, as you said, you know, r- run Aaron Jones. If that's successful, we'll keep up running Aaron Jones. We'll get Aaron Jones out on swing passes. We'll throw to 
Jimmy Graham three times, Mercedes Lewis, and you know, like you say, twelve nine, however many different receivers, it was a lot. Um, you know, I, I think that that's what the game that's what the game plan was. You know, the previous week's game plan was Devonte Adams, and they threw to him ten or eleven times the week the week before. So it's it's horses for courses, and 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 playing with the cut, playing with the cards that you've got, and um. Yeah, they're they're probably a receiver short, and with Devontae out, they're probably two receivers short. But you know, that, these are the opportunities for guys to step up. And you know, there was a the, there was one long um, defensive pass interference call on um, MVS, yeah, which you know um, Garrett tried to get overturned. It was never going to be overturned. Um, but had had Aaron Rodgers led MVS down the field on that throw. That was a touchdown. That ball was well underthrown. And had had that gone for a touchdown, I don't think would anybody would even be talking about another wide receiver at this at this point in time. So it's just it's just small margins. And I, I think I I think they're okay. You know, they've just that they're four and one. They've just beaten the Cowboys with a very um a game plan that that worked brilliantly on offense. And I think what was nice to see that even though they gave up all of those yards on defense, which obviously wasn't nice to see, but what was nice to see was you get the feeling that if this offense can continue just to progress, that this is a team that can beat other teams in multiple ways. And and the worry from the first two or three weeks of this season was that if the defense didn't turn up, you were going to lose. Mm. If the if the offense continues to progress, you get the feeling that this is this is a team that could win on offense as well as on defense. Yeah, it's consistency, isn't it, Pete? I mean, we haven't seen it, have we? It's, you know, we need sort of consistency on both sides of the ball. But I tell you what, if you look at the box score or just the scores on their own, it's pretty consistent. I mean, you know, we're we're putting up points. So no matter how we're doing it, no matter how sort of people are having a bit of a crib and a moan, um, uh, we're still doing it. Yeah, and you, yeah, and 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 the major difference between. This week and last week, you know, the Packers won the turnover battle this week and they turned field possession into touchdowns, yeah. four touchdowns and one field goal, whereas last week they didn't. And you mentioned that NFC Championship game against Seattle where the Packers the Packers scored the first four times in that game, but three of them were field goals. <laughs> and, and, you know, that, that, that makes a huge, huge difference. And, you know, I... I as you said, if you look at the points the Packers have scored, it's increased every every single week, and you know, and some of that comes from yes, the defense forcing turnovers, but some of it's coming from 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 an offense that, whilst I wouldn't say it's clicking yet, it's a lot further along than it was three weeks ago. Yeah, it's very difficult, I think, as well when you look at the offense and you see the potential there, um, and we're we're seeing it sort of materialise in front of us. The one thing I do love, though, is Matt LaFleur's passion. I put out a tweet that absolutely went off from my personal account, um, and I don't have the sound because there isn't any, um, but it's if you want to go on to at NFL, this isn't a plug. Um, it's kind of a plug. Um, so if you go on to my Twitter, at NFL, you'll see it. But I'd say that Matt LaFleur is my spirit animal. You know, this guy is just full of passion. Uh, now, not, Jar- you know, Jason Garrett passion where he he throws the flag to the ground in anger and then gets a flag 
on his own. Uh, it's brilliant. Did, did, was that the most fantastic thing you've ever seen Jason Garrett do? This is a guy who claps his team off the field, Pete. Is that maybe, is he fan that of was, the week? That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we need to come up with something opposite of clown of the week and just give that to him or whatever that was amazing uh really appreciated the extra yardage yeah, well, yeah the J- the jason garrett of the week jason yeah, garrett so. of the week yeah and every week it's just him you know what i mean and we just recap on this play um but yeah i just love matt lafleur's passion and again god forbid right anybody analyze um anything that's going on in the field uh there was some there was some jarring, there was some looks, there was some words exchanged between Matt LaFour and Aaron Rodgers. Two dudes got past it on the field. But of course, there was a bit of a love-in that was finger-pointing over at the sideline, there was taps on the shoulder. But I just love the way how dialed in Matt LaFleur is and how he, you know, he hollers at the refs and he gives it loads of attitude and then he pulls the thing back down and just cracks on with it. Um, it's really nice. I don't know, do you appreciate his, his passion or do you care? Oh no, absolutely, absolutely love his passion and I, and I think that um i i've i've just been impressed for with with lafleur since well really i guess since since day 1 since the first presser when mark murphy wouldn't let him talk <laughs> all all the way through to 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 this point you you've just almost seen a guy grow in confidence and grow into the role yeah and you know, you, you just feel like he looks like a guy that's in command. Well, do you know what I need to do as well for the um, for the podcast? I'm going to get a soundbite of him saying he did a really good job because that's one thing that he says. He says <laughs> he did a really good job a lot of the time. I'm sure if I had him on the podcast, um, I'd have to probably edit out 17 um, out of 18 of those did a good job thing. But I mean, the thing about him is, is he takes accountability. He's passionate on the field. Um, he's by and large really honest with reporters. He says it kind of how it is. Um, he's self-deprecating I think as well we're probably going to see a jump up in his second year he might stop doing some of that um, because when he gets a bit of buy-in from the players I'm sure he'll feel comfortable enough not having to sort of say oh well the book stops with me but maybe that is just his coaching philosophy I'm not sure it's not a bad way to go about it I mean you, you read any sort of leadership book Pete like Jocko Willink or whatever they always say the book stops with you you have to take the blame which is what he does so I guess he's stepping up and is there any better way to create motivation in the locker room than winning I mean he's doing it yeah, winning breeds breeds winning and 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 he has the one thing that that that's really going for him and that's that his first name begins with M and his surname begins with L and every Packers championship coach has either had a first name beginning with M or a surname beginning with L and he's got both. Well, I mean, that's science, Pete. That's absolute <laughs> science. Um, but look, one thing about this game that we saw was that the defense was fired up. I saw Zadarius Smith, as I'm sure everybody else did who uh, was watching the game, go down countless times and go off the field, limp off. We were freaking out and then he'd come back on the field again. Um, so I guess the jury's out as to see what the story is with Z, uh, you know, what type of capacity he has uh, go- coming into the next game because that is going to be a slobber knocker. Um, but this leads us, Pete, quite comfortably and quite nicely to an old segment we used to do. We're bringing them all back, baby. It's clown <laughs> of the week. Clown of the week. Right, so this was handpicked uh, by yours truly, Pete, and I want to see what you think about it. But there's a couple of people who maybe haven't heard uh, what the whole commotion was about. The clown of the week this week is Ray Lewis. Now, 
Have I met Ray Lewis? Yes. Did I find him fascinating and super motivating? Absolutely. Uh, does he have a really questionable past? Yes. I mean, the thing is, he's um, all of that stuff and all of that stuff whizzing around about him. Um, he's a divisive character anyway. Um, but I just find him uh, when because I went to that. There was a London event on like back in the early days of NFL UK, um, and he was just captivating to listen to. Um, he backed up his play on the field. He was an absolute animal um, and a real leader in that locker room. But now he's hit the media and I think he's fallen into that whole trap, hasn't he, Pete, of rolling out narratives and giving his opinion on stuff that I don't think is warranted because anybody, a man on a galloping horse could see that there was definite leadership in this locker room pretty much from day one from Zadari Smith and Preston Smith. The fact that they wearing colourful shirts, they're doing interviews together, you'd easily see that these are the vocal leaders and everything that's coming out of Green Bay points to that fact. But poor old Ray obviously hadn't got the news bulletin. It's the same journalism that we see when people talk about the Packers and they say, oh, well, they've got Aaron Rodgers. And you're like, okay, well, we're we're multidimensional. It's not only about that. It's kind of lazy. Let me just play it um, and give people a jog your memory, Pete, and then you can probably jump feet first into the clownish behavior. The Green Bay Packers have a real issue on defense, and that is in their front seven, they don't have that dictator no more. I know Clay Matthews was not a run, a heavy run stopper, but he created havoc. So, I mean, I guess, Pete, this is a defensive guy. He knows what he's talking about on the defense, but to come out with analysis like that? Yeah, I think that's... I think that's, this is what I call highlight journalism. Yeah. Because I, I, I think... And I, and I think we see this a lot from... The so-called the so-called analysts on TV and whatever else, they they only get to see the highlights or the snippets of all 32 teams, so so they form a very quick opinion based on a five-minute highlight reel or a, or a what a, what a, a high a, you know a newspaper headline or whatever else and. There may be one or two teams, you know, if you were talking to Ray Lewis about the Baltimore Ravens, he probably would know them in more depth. But I, w- I would suggest that has has he seen a complete Packers game this season? I would p- probably say no. Maybe, maybe, maybe he saw Sunday's game mm. after his comments. But, but <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think that's it's well. He made himself look like the clown of the week, Steve. Let's just say that. Do you know what, though? I want, I kind of want his sort of analysis, his in-depth, uh, out-depth, uh, no-substance analysis every week because it fired up Zadari Smith. He did uh, Ray Lewis's sack dance, which was fantastic uh, to, to watch, uh, the Dirty Bird. So that's fantastic. Um, but again, in a way, I kind of I sympathize with him, Pete, because this, ha- this could easily happen to me. Because I do the radio slot on Sunshine 106.8 and I try to get around to as much of the NFL as I can and all of that. But the thing is, when you try to cover so many teams and you're asked about something, even in pre-production, they could sort of roll through it. It's very hard to get a feeling for the pre-season buzz, you know what I mean, to get into it. So in a way, I sympathize. In a way, I thank him. Maybe he goes from Clown of the Week like Mick Ward did to like Fan of the Week or something because he really got Zadari Smith going. And if it gave him the motivation to get after Dak Prescott, bring it yeah, Well, yeah, in- indeed. I mean, I mean, what's quite ironic about it, and I know he mentioned Clay in that clip, but what's quite ironic about it, if you'd leveled that argument last year mm. or the year before, yeah. probably true. <laughs> oh, um, it's a year out. But, 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 you know, but, but this year with the, with the two Smiths, with, with Jair Alexander, with Adrian Amos, 
there's lots of guys that are standing up as as leaders on the, on that defense. Yeah. And that doesn't mean there aren't holes. That doesn't mean there aren't bad plays. That doesn't mean there isn't work to do. But but from a leadership perspective, they've got more leaders on defense now than they've probably had in the best part of a decade. You know, since the days of Charles Woodson and, and those guys. Yeah. So probably probably should have been saying it last year. Yeah, he's a year out. You cannot be a year yeah. out with your analysis, Ray. Okay, that makes it a clown <laughs> this week, buddy. I mean, I haven't seen analysis this bad since anything that Skip Bayless says. Like, he's he's the infinite clown. But apart from Skip Bayless, um, I haven't seen analysis this bad since... You know your man... Uh, I don't know if you watch much of this show. I sometimes like to watch this show while I eat. Uh, man versus Food. Do you know your man, Ali, Alan yes. Richmond? Yep. Yeah, so he came out and apparently he was a big... Um, what was he, a Fulham fan? And he was a big he was a big Fulham fan. I think he even had it in his uh, Twitter bio at one stage. So someone from the UK asked him about soccer and he decided to tell him like he tried to name drop us to look how much i know and clint Dempsey hadn't played for fulham for at least five years and he says oh clint Dempsey, one of my patriots like he's my favorite player i think he's going to do well this season and you're like you cannot be that late with analysis you can't be that late with analysis in fact i'm going to drop some of this you got to leave it out you can't come a year late with the analysis much worse five years late um so yeah that that rounds up clown of the week but also um another really weird thing and i I don't know i tell you before we get into the weirdness of sort of getting into press conferences and all the rest pete um have we any more glittering analysis to to hack away uh with this cowboys team well I, i i think that i think this is a good cowboys team yeah so i think so i think for the packers to go down there and win however the win was constructed you know whether it had been the way it was on Sunday when they got out to a big lead or whether it had been a comeback win, however it, however it was, is an excellent win. It feels strange because, you know, as you said, the Packers were up by 28 points and the Cowboys came back and came back and got to within 10 points with nearly eight minutes left in that game. Mm. And, um, you know, I was having visions of, and I think they alluded to it in the commentary. I was having visions of when Frank Reich brought the brought the Bills back from 32 points behind in the third quarter to win a playoff game, and it it felt like that was happening. Yeah. And so, cut a long story short, to come away from that game with a win, a win, a game that pretty much everybody expected the Packers to lose, if we're if we're honest with ourselves. I think it's just an an, an excellent win and to be four and one at this stage is is fantastic you know there's things we can nitpick you know i didn't like you know uh, jair alexander had probably the worst game he's had for the packers and you know we can nitpick at rogers under through mvs on the on that pass that we've already talked talked about and and you know when they're trying to run the clock down he's snapping the ball with 12 seconds left on the play clock and stuff and stuff and we can nitpick about that and yet and that's stuff that they've got to they've got to work out but if it, mm. but from a big picture perspective to go down to Dallas and win and be four four and one at this stage having having beaten you know the Cowboys the Bears and the Vikings we couldn't have asked for much more at this stage of the season and a question that I had as well I wondered was Aaron Jones waving to the Dallas defender or was he waving to Lane Taylor because Elton Jenkins have a game <laughs> yeah so I mean yeah Jen- Jenkins Jenkins had a had a very very good game and we'll forget the couple of the couple of penalties those things will get worked will get worked out and uh, yeah Jenkins was excellent Billy Turner had a good game mm. um 
Belaga again had a yeah. good game. Unbelievable. And, you know, that, that, you know, the second round pick they spent, spent on Elton Jenkins now looks like a very good pick indeed. I'm starting to get less annoyed by the fact he has a G in his name. I'm starting to get less annoyed by that, the fact that it's going to, you know, creep up on me and take me by surprise. I'm going to spell it wrong at some stage in the tweet when I'm saying how much of a legend he is. Um, yeah, just, uh, Jesus. I mean, it's stuff like that. I like success stories like that. And also J.K. Scott. I mean, you know what I mean? Talk about having a weapon. It does make so much of a difference um, when you have a weapon um you know, as a punter, you have a, a Mason Crosby, dear God, was hard to mouth stuff. Like, talk about hard attack pack with the comeback, but also the fact that Crosby again had to be called upon in special teams, uh, planted his leg, and it looked like he took a bad uh, kick to the to the hip, really. His hip kicked out, so it didn't look good there, Pete. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about him, whether he's injured or not. I don't think so, but... No, they haven't. They haven't said anything, and I haven't. I haven't seen anything, so I'm assuming. I'm assuming he's 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 okay. But but yeah, I mean, in this day and age, you don't want to be making kickoffs an adventure, do you? <laughs> no, no, not with the concussion protocol, and also not the fact that Mason Crosby has to be mean mugging it um, and tackling people. I mean, it's okay if he's chasing down Cordell Patterson and slapping the ball out. That's fine but you really don't want them having to make that key block that key tackle uh before they bring it to the house so yeah it, when you're talking about nitpicking i don't know if it's a nitpick situation and there's obviously something very wrong there um on kickoffs if it's getting to that level and uh, that we need to do it so we have to shore that up but to be honest with you riding high happy that the packers are winning um so i guess let me just say before we get on to the weirdness of the of the presser um ads so we have UK Packers 10, um, that's the code when you want uh, cash off at NFL Europe Shop. And also, anybody who wants to support us here to keep the lights on in this place. Uh, and there's more more stuff to keep on now with this sort of radio setup, you know what I mean? I can drop stuff like this. So anyway, um, <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's where the money goes. Um, so we need to pay an actor to do that. Um, so yeah, it's patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. If you donate a fiver a month, we scoop up that money and this is going to be a neat segue too, we scoops up that money um, and we give it back to after six months and then it's up to you whether you want to keep um, donating after that point. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that you've spent my weekly salary on your new your new radio studio you've got there, Steve. Yeah, your weekly salary, my weekly salary, uh, the kids' <laughs> college fund. I mean, it's all gone into this. But Pete, it is so shiny now the thing is talking about scooping up stuff and all the rest scoops callahan made another appearance now did i know who scoops callahan was before this no but i do now and i think he's really made a career for himself i looked up this guy and he has a youtube video from eight years ago so he talk about the long game you know what i mean having that longevity he's been joking he took a bigger break than we've existed it's not ridiculous Oh, I just, I, <laughs> I'm beginning to, right, what? I'm beginning to lose it now. It's just it scoops. When you go and look at his stuff, it's just hilarious. Yeah, it's just absolutely hilarious. I just my, my and, favorite and, part and, is Cham Cham. It, it just makes me laugh thinking about it. Right, while well, Pete loses his breakfast, uh, I'm going to play Scoops Callahan so that people know what we're talking about. But if no, so you can listen to it if you haven't heard it, it's still funny. Uh, but I would recommend that after this, you listen to the rest of the podcast, obviously, and then you go and check out the video because the camera's trained on Aaron Rodgers and the look of confusion where he doesn't know if he is now insane or not is pretty cool. And for Aaron Rodgers, cool and collected, intelligent guy, here's Scoops Callahan. Here's Mr. Champ Champ. Champ Champ, what was the key to distributing your Packer City Lightning to all your button men? 
like all-decade torpedo Laverne Delweg? I have no idea what you're talking about. Hacker's 1920s stalwart, Laverne Delweg. NFL all-decade tight end. Who How is you it? Do, champ? I don't know what you're talking about. That's a good question, though. What the, <laughs> what the hell? And the look in his face, Pete. But you know what? You know what the weird thing was? You have made such a case for Lavi Dilveg or Delveg, whichever way he wants to say it, to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I looked past the weirdness and thought, Pete like that. <laughs> I just, it's, he's just hilarious. He's just absolutely, absolutely hilarious. And, and without spoiling it, I'm going to spoil it now. There's this one video clip of when he's in of when Scoops Callahan's interviewing Phil Mickelson. Yeah, and he gets that. right up in Phil Mickelson's face and then shouts a, a question right at him. <laughs> and Mickelson just looks at him and says, "I'm standing right here." <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. You just got to go check out all that stuff. Scoops Callahan, Scoops Callahan. And again, Irish, no doubt. You know what I mean? Emigrated. He's still in... So Scoops Callan, for people that don't know, he pretends he's a reporter in the 20s, which is why he's mentioning uh, Lavi Dilvek is because he was a player back then and he was an a unbelievable player back then as well. One guy who Johnny Blood said should definitely make the Pro Football Hall of Fame and was appalled by the fact that he hadn't. Um, so yeah, amazing. And, and good shout out. I mean, I would not put it past Scoops Jones, Brits and Grits Callahan here. To be pulling a fast one to try get Lavi's name out in the public, because Pete, you, you know, you write the articles, pal. You champion him online, so I'm just saying it's a bit suspicious. That's all I'm saying. You've never seen Scoops Callahan and me in the same place. <laughs> no, I haven't. And actually, before we got on the podcast, when you answered the phone, you went champ, champ, and I was like, that's really weird. Um, <laughs> right. So look, people, this has been a different podcast. It's been a lot of fun because we've brought back um, an awful lot of the old stuff that we're doing and some new stuff. Um, so again, let us know what you think of the new format. It's a, it's kind of, what do they call this? A soft launch? Is that what they call it? Where you just launch yeah. it softly into the universe. Uh, so yeah, we're bringing back all the old fun stuff. So we're bringing back quick snaps. It, c- it could be a soft launch that people hope never lands. <laughs> yeah, they could solve. Yeah, that it goes into orbit and goes away. <laughs> and we bring back the old uh, format. But another thing that uh, we want to bring back as well um, is this. And people, let me know if you remember this. And I have to hit the right one. Meet the flower. <laughs> Yes, that's me and Robot Me. So if you want to get on to meet the fan, uh, let us know. So email info at ukpackers.co.uk, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on Facebook. You don't have to do all of these. You can pick one or several, um, but let us know. You don't have to have a sexy story. You know, you don't have to be Brett Favor. You can be whatever. You can, your story can be normal. What we want to know is, is we want to hear from you guys. We want to see why you became a fan. The story so far have been pretty fascinating. Um, Pete became a fan because uh, he was there when the team was formed. So that's there's that. Uh, then we have people who... It's it's Pete because he said your age at the start. All right, Pete's going to give me a bollocking after the podcast now. Um, so <laughs> you're not as old as Steve Hale. That's all I'm saying. Um, so yeah, some people like it because they live in Norwich and the jerseys are the same color. Some people like it because... The name was weird, kind of like how I got into it, um, the history and all the rest. So there's loads of different reasons why people become fans and we want to hear about it. There's some great guys that come to our meetups. Um, the one that always springs to mind to me is Paul Davies. Um, and he became a fan with Air Force's radio and listening to 
that uh, insane game. The, what was it, Pete? 48-47 against the Redskins yep. back in, what yep. was it, 1983. 1983-84. I like to hit both sides. So 1983, yeah. It's just insane that people read about the game and because of the comeback and the, the plays that were being made, those dynamite long plays, is that they became fans from that. And to hear about people at meetups, like Cardiff was great for all these stories. Um, and maybe if you went to the Cardiff meetup, contact us because I'd like to get some of this stuff um, on the podcast is where they would get the magazine like a couple of weeks later posted over from Green Bay and they would read the play by play and get excited by it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't imagine the anti-climax when you get to page seven and you realize that we lose by a field goal. Um, but yeah, wild stuff. So if you want to come on, meet the fan, uh, do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'd give you a buzz and get you on the podcast and you can shoot the breeze with me and Pete. So Pete. I think this brings this week's podcast to a glorious end. Not unless you... Well, people might have different it's, opinions. Um, do you want... Have anything to say or forever hold probably your peace? glorious that it's ending. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. It's, it's, it's been different. It has. It's, there's been more flatulence than there has ever been on the podcast, which is... I don't know if that's a good thing, but I don't know. Um, so yeah, anyway, there's the podcast. I've been at CD the NFL. He's been at IT Hedgehog. The group has been at UK Packers. And we light it up on game day on Twitter, which is at UK Packers. And also Instagram, we bang out some funny and topical memes. Um, and make sure you follow that. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. We do two a week. Um, so we'll be bringing the podcast back to you of a Thursday, which is going to be our quick snaps. It's our 10-minute podcast. Now, to anybody who's a long-time listener, you are turned off already so that's fine so anyway that's it for this week folks from myself from pdp it's goodbye go pack go <laughs>